Hello and welcome to the FPL Lounge. The clocks have changed, the evenings are drawing in, so let's sit by the fire and discuss all things FPL. My name is Chris Hopkins and I am joined, as ever, by the Denver Bar to my Harry Maguire. It's Andy Case. He's shaking his head because he doesn't he doesn't like that one. Um, but it wasn't a great performance for, for your men in the Zebra kit last night. No, it was not, and yeah, I'm just shaking my head in disgust at the, at the performance more so than you. It's a pretty, it's a, it's a, it's a completely fair uh, analogy for you to make. I mean, yeah, but I, although I wouldn't necessarily specifically blame Harry Maguire for that particular incident, um, but I think there's plenty you could pin on him. He, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, obviously, obviously, watching it back, he's not really involved. I mean, maybe that's half the half in, in that goal. Anyway, maybe that's half the battle. But but I guess it was. It looked like it came from a set piece. So you know, whatever. Anyway, we don't need to talk about Manchester United in the Champions League too much because we've got game week eight to preview. And as always on our on our preview shows, we'll start by running through the game week's fixtures and having a quick discussion about some of the emerging talking points. We've got quite a few players on the radar to get through this week, so we'll try and speed through them as quickly as we can. We've got a stats versus ice test. We've taken our taken our trunks and put them in the wash this week. We're not going to start swimming against the tides, so we've got a stats versus ice test to dig into. Um, and then we'll round off with our captaincy selections and playing who the heck is stat. So without further ado, let's run through the fixtures for this game week. And we start this week with um, with a very early deadline. We've got a 5.30 kickoff in the Premier League on Friday night. So that means that the deadline is 4, 4, no, it's four o'clock, Andy, isn't it? Four o'clock on Friday. Uh, so yeah, not 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 much time left by the time that you'll have listened to this to get your to, uh, to sort of confirm your team. But anyway, the 5:30 kickoff is Brighton Burnley, followed by Southampton Newcastle on Friday evening. Then lunchtime Saturday, Everton Man, Man United, followed by Crystal Palace Leeds, Chelsea Sheffield United, and then finishing off Saturday, West Ham Fulham. And then all the rest of the fixtures are on Sunday this week because they need to leave players to get off to the international break. So no Monday games. That gives us West Brom versus Spurs, followed by Leicester versus Wolves, Man City versus Liverpool in the clash of last season's top two and the last two champions. Uh, and finishing off the weekend with Arsenal versus Villa. So some fairly tasty fixtures there, Andy. Some of the some of the some of the you know, big sides playing each other. I guess that does have a bit of an impact for for FPL managers. Yeah, um, obviously, like I mentioned just then, the, the 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 big one being City versus Liverpool, and um, maybe fewer fewer um, assets from City at the moment in people's teams, but certainly, obviously, um, you know, there'll be a fair few from Liverpool, and I imagine, obviously, quite a few probably from from Everton the way they've been playing as well. Yeah, and I guess I mean not fewer in Man United, but I guess also Bruno potentially as well. I mean, what what would your kind of strategy be? Uh, not to always talk about strategy, but but you know, when these big fixtures come up, you know the the, the biggest two teams in, in FPL. Do you think that that can limit some of the some of the sort of you know, bigger, more well-known FPL assets, your Salos, your Manes, your De Bruyne's, or do you think that they are so good that they're almost fixture-proof and actually sometimes they raise their raise their games for the big occasion? Um, do you kind of have a have a bit of a call on this? You know, I'm not I'm not imagining that that many FPL managers are thinking, oh, you know, Liverpool have got City this week, I'm going to bench Salah. But do you think, I guess the expectation for him is perhaps a little too tempered this week? Yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one. I wouldn't say I always approach it the same way every time there's like a big clash. Um, it, it will kind of differ. This time, what I'm, I'm more so thinking is it's kind of associated to the team's 
form and the how much you trust the players more generally, right? So I think I'm probably going to stick with my Liverpool players and, and maybe look to do things with my City players um, because, you know, a lot of them have been blanking in, in, in other game weeks against other teams, let alone against Liverpool. So, um, yeah, I guess it's just how much you trust them. I, I generally take try to take a longer term view anyway, regardless of who's playing who, just because I think if you if you if there's a player you trust like a Salah or Mane who's likely to get over 200 points in a season, um, if they if they stay fit, then I uh, you know just you just ride with them through those peaks and troughs, and if they stay in your team for the whole season, you'll get the benefits. Um, at you know at the end, ultimately. So. Yeah, that's that's kind of my thinking in, within this particular example, but um, it, it'll change from season to season probably. So I guess kind of just ride it out, don't worry too much, and and it all evens itself out, I guess. Yeah, I mean obviously, it, it, but I mean there's examples where if you are someone who does store up your free transfers and you manage to send you 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 know you're you're able to be sensible, then there's an argument for like a one week, you know say for example sterling this week you could uh if, you, if you're really happy with the rest of your team you know use your one free transfer this week to take him out for someone who's got an easier fixture and then but if you if you're confident in him more long term put him back in um again with your free transfer next week i do know some managers who, who do that because they're they're happy with how they set up the structure of the rest of their team uh you know rotate premium assets with the depending on the easiest fixtures that that game week but um yeah, obviously you'd be you'd be gut. The trouble is you're leaving yourself open to be pretty gutted if um, Sterling then scores a hat trick or something. Yeah, and I guess because these players are so premium, they could you know the, the, their ceiling is high every every week, no matter really who the opposition. So so yeah, it sounds like a bit of a risk. And also you know if you, if you are one of those FPL managers that who's that you know that is your strategy and and you're very happy with your team, then 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 good for you. Because uh, I don't think either Andy or, or me are particularly happy with ours at the moment. Full full of holes. Um, Let's move on then and talk about some players on the radar. And let's start with, instead of a player, a whole team. Uh, because you and, and, and me, we're both incredibly impressed at the moment with, with, with Chelsea. And they have a sort of you know, litany of, of, of fantasy assets that, that, that could really start could really start doing something. And, and I'm, I'm guessing that FPL managers are going to start to double, triple up on, on Chelsea assets going forward. Yeah, well, without exaggeration, I could have listed out and almost did on our on our um, uh, you know, chat before the show. Pretty much every player in the Chelsea team, other than perhaps Thiago Silva, being on being on the radar here, uh, because I think we mentioned it briefly on the review show last week. But going forward, they they look a, a real threat. Um, defensively, they've they've tightened up that you know three clean sheets with Mendy in goal, so that brings Mendy himself into the equation but also pretty much all of the defense because we know we've known for a long time about obviously Chilwell and James having an attacking threat now Zuma's chipping in with with goals as well you know three three goals I think this season already um and then went so when you add that to their clean sheet potential now seriously good returns for potential potential for for Chelsea defenders so just all over the pitch um uh, great options we we've mentioned in previous weeks about and i think it was in the last review show about uh, lampard and his rotation sort of turned into the new pep guardiola but actually if anything kind of illness and injuries has helped uh fpl managers make some decisions on chelsea players this week because i think their their first 11 looks a little bit more nailed on um 
given who 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 hasn't been fit so for example abraham started in the champions league um and i think he's he's going to have to start again because um you know with uh pulisic out and um havertz with uh, now having tested positive for coronavirus that limits the options in those kind of attacking midfield positions and if verner plays he'll probably end up dropping out kind of left so abraham has played well all season when he's played. And so why not take advantage of a, of a striker who, who's in form? Um, that, that, that's just one example. But, you know, there's, there's others we've been talking about, Chris, as well, isn't there? Yeah, so obviously Hakim Ziyech is a guy that that, that we've mentioned a few times. Um, and, you know, his last few performances have been have, have been you know very good. And and I think, you know, his, his, his price compared to some of the other Chelsea attacking assets appeals. Um, Mason Mount is a guy that, 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 you know, you're thinking about getting in your team. Um, you know, he is you know, favoured by Lampard. I think we, I think, I think everybody kind of appreciates that. And I guess... With some of the signings that that Chelsea made in in the summer, I guess his place was seemingly under threat, but hasn't really transpired that way this season. I think perhaps his versatility could be useful for for Lampard. He can sort of play basically anywhere across the uh, across the midfield, even a little bit deeper. Um, whereas some of these guys can't. Obviously, that will sort of you know, limit his his fancy potential. But but it doesn't appear to be going that way at, at the moment. He's, he's, you know, he's definitely in a more attacking role. Um, and even Timo Werner, who's a guy that you know we've spoken about a lot on the pod, a guy that has disappointed us, I think, um, you know, overall this year. Um, but interestingly, in midweek, he, he he seems to be have sort of inherited the penalty taking role from 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 Jorginho. So. Um, you know, for, he, he is expensive. I think he's still, you know, over nine million, probably about nine point three, having had a few price drops. But um, if he's taking penalties, that's going to, you know, really increase his his FPL potential. So, so yeah, I mean, without naming, like you say, the whole starting eleven besides Thiago Silva, and I'm, you know, if he's still involved, then then you know, probably wouldn't be reaching for him either. But but yeah, they do seem to be. Um, you know, the flavour of the month, really. And, and I guess we wouldn't put people off getting any of these players listed into their team. Well, the thing is, on even on Aspilicueta, he's had attacking returns this season as well when he has played. So, yeah, that, that's maybe a reason to kind of maybe stay away from him or Reese James because you're not 100% sure there. Again, Reese James' performances have been fantastic recently, so you'd think maybe he'd play. But Aspilicueta's club captain and, and, a, and a decent kind of... Uh, of a very very good you know option for Chelsea at fullback as well so you, there's going to have to be a bit of rotation and, and I guess any given game one of them could be dropped so it, yeah maybe, maybe that's something when you've got so many other options to kind of put you off 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 those ones but yeah you mentioned Mount and like you say I'm really strongly thinking about getting him in in my team because he's he's le- he's more drop proof I think he especially at his price if he even if he doesn't start he's very likely to come on I think because like you mentioned he can play in a number of positions but I think now given the injuries and illnesses he he's very likely to start he is another person who could play in that left side position he has played it for England before in uh, the kind of left of the front three but also can play anywhere across the midfield three really as well um and so I think you know be very likely to expect to see him starting at, at the weekend I guess I guess if we are thinking about Chelsea assets that are undroppable and like you say you know this week it appears slightly easier to predict Lampard's lineup just because of, of, of the injuries and, and the players available to him. Um, would you be more tempted then to invest in perhaps Zuma or Chilwell, who are a bit more 
bit safer, perhaps also also Mendy. Would you go that way? I guess perhaps you'd be reluctant to maybe double up on Chelsea defenders. Um, so so yeah, I guess you are kind of looking for the more undroppable options or the or the more rotation proof of them. But would that temp, would that make you lean towards defenders, or do you still think you'd be looking to get an attacker in? I mean, it depends on the needs of each individual kind of manager, right? The way my team's set up, um, I don't really, I've, I think we've mentioned before, Chris, about how we've kind of moved away from the more expensive defenders and, and moved a lot more money into that because there's a lot of really good midfield, particularly options for point scoring. So I don't really have the money to easily move in one move onto like a Chelsea defender. That is the downside, I guess. They are a little bit more and they've had price rises because they've been doing so well. But if it wasn't for that, if I would say someone who, who would help held on to Trent Alexander-Arnold and was looking for a move out so you've got the money that would definitely be one I'd considering Chilwell or Zuma even though they're a bit more because they have that attacking um, threat as well as the, cl- the clean sheet threat and I think definitely worth it um, I wouldn't necessarily look to double up but again that's nothing against Chelsea or or those players it's just I, I'm, a personal preference of mine is I think it can be risky to have two players um you know, of the same team in, in your defence, because um, if, they, if obviously when they do both get a clean sheet, it's great. But if they both don't, often I, I'm someone who rate, who usually just plays three at the back. And so that can really like mess up your, your, your point scoring in, in your defence. Um, uh, there are exceptions to that, like in the past when Sheffield United and Wolves have had, have been keeping clean sheets and had lots of cheap options in defence, then they're, they're kind of worthwhile because um, they're not costing you too much to double up and you can have one on the bench in certain weeks if you want or, or choose to double up if they've got a really good fixture but no generally it's just something I, I tend to avoid but certainly I'd be I'd be considering one of them if I had the money let's move on then and uh, you kind of alluded to this just now with with Mason Mount in the sense that if he doesn't start he's likely to come on and um, you know has has points potential a guy that um, I know that you've already moved to and that we've mentioned a bit before is having you know real high upside even coming off the bench is, is Diego Jossa. And like I say, you've moved to him. Is there? Mu- I mean, I guess there's not much more to say on on this guy, but I guess his hat trick in in the Champions League in midweek just reinforces kind of what we've already been saying about him. Well, yeah, we've we've mentioned him a couple of times in recent sort of preview and review shows um, as being on the radar, and and that's only improved, you know, appeared even more so, making a massive spike on our radar after a Champions League hat trick. So I think I think we're not really being uh, saying anything that others probably aren't saying at this point, but I'd like to think we maybe did did kind of flag it up a little bit earlier than most. Um, yeah, he 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 was getting into central positions when he was playing. Um, obviously off the bench, scoring goals, scoring goals from the start um, as well when he got starts even before this Champions League week um, in, in threatening positions. But then what just made me in a very sort of un-Chris Hopkins or Andy Case way uh, make that early move this week onto him was well, just because he was playing through the centre, obviously in the Firmino role, but as a much more like a kind of on-the-shoulder attacking number nine for Liverpool. Um, and, and, and it's just... I, I, Obviously, he scored three goals, so that kind of makes you think he, he's a, he's a good striker, of course, when he when he returns like that anyway. But even before he was started scoring those goals, as soon as I saw that, the fact that he was playing through the middle, I just it's kind as a midfielder in the game, so he's going to get five points a goal. He's six point three million. We've seen him score from the start off the bench, and his price is only going to shoot up. I can see him being in a lot of people's teams very soon. I think there's a few people who've held off a little bit more. 
um, this week because obviously it's the City game. But I've missed out on so many price rises this season. My, I'm struggling for sort of budget. So I just thought, you know, there's a good chance he, he Firmino, you know, because with the press and the way Firmino press, presses, there's a good chance Firmino could come back in the team uh, from the start against City this week. But I just think it's, it's absolutely almost inevitable, nailed on, that if Jota doesn't start, he's going to come off the bench at the very least, which I'm fine with at 6.3 million. And then... Um, you know, he's got plenty of start potential in, in games later down the line as well. So I'm very happy to to bring him in. Yeah, yeah, completely, completely fair. I think I think I think it's reasonable, I guess, to maybe maybe press the pause button on him because of City this week. But at the same time, um, I think, uh, yeah, if you, if you want to get ahead of the curve on this one, then, then then I think it's time to start thinking about him. And and, you know, because he did replace um Firmino in, in in midweek, whereas some of the times he's got starts before in the Champions League, Liverpool completely changed their front three. You do wonder if, you know, I mean, you know, of of Liverpool's traditional front three, Firmino is the one most likely to be at risk of being dropped, perhaps even permanently, because he hasn't had, even by his goal scoring standards, the greatest start to this season. So, so you do wonder um, if if Jota is going to be potentially a, a bit more of a permanent fixture. Uh, in Liverpool starting ele- starting eleven, even in the Premier League, um, we've got a few more then just to just to round this segment off. Um, let's talk very quickly about Che Adams and basically just because Danny Ings is injured, uh, I guess we're not quite sure what Southampton will do. Whether they will maybe just go one up front or bring in a second striker, but I guess Che Adams' upside is incre- has increased a little bit just because Southampton's main goal threat. Oh, he is now Southampton's main goal threat while while Ings, Ings is injured. Yeah, I mean that's that's definitely true. Um, he he's uh, he's obviously not that that expensive at five point eight million. I think it's much more likely Hazen Hoot will bring in a replacement because uh, he he loves that four two 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 sort of formation that they play. Um, and I can't see him wanting to change that system because it's kind of one of the best things about Southampton really is that they've they're very drilled and everyone knows um, the system that they play. So I can't see him wanting to drift from that, which means. Um, even better for for Adams really because he's not someone who necessarily creates loads of chances himself but so so it will work for him much better having someone else playing up front with him which I think is likely I think they've got options Shane Long over Femi like um, not not over Femi Martins but um, what, what Martin Michael over Femi My, Michael over Femi yeah and um, the, and also I think now there's a potential of, of Theo Walcott potentially playing up, up front with him as well now that they've got him on him on loan so yeah m- maybe an option a slightly more left field one there because I think you know a lot of people are talking about Callum Wilson in that um, he's obviously more but a similar sort of price range as, as a striker given his return so far this season but I think it's, it is noteworthy like you say that, it Ings, that you, they've, they've, they've had plenty of chances and goals um, Southampton this season so without Ings there Will, Will Adams um kind of get more of them it's certainly something to keep an eye on and that's why he's on the radar and then we'll round off uh, with a few West Ham players I think um, a guy that you know I've I've highlighted this week would, would, would be Fornals um, you know he's had some double digit returns in his last few weeks he's had quite a few shots in the box quite a few shots on target for for midfielders as well so he's he's a guy to, to potentially look out for and and you know as a as we've discussed many times on this podcast, I like my EFL football. West Ham signed, signed Ben Rama, and since they've brought Ben Rama in, he hasn't been able to get a sniff because Fornals has really raised his game. So it'll be interesting to see if that trend continues. And then talking about another player that we love, ex, exit, well, Andy loves in particular, exit which Aaron Cresswell, but also just other West Ham defenders. Um, they've got decent fixtures coming up, including this week. Um, at, at Fulham, um, but Cresswell has has added potential because 
think you know, he takes corners, takes takes some free kicks. Um, West Ham are good in the air. They've got. Uh, I like think Antonio is likely to be back uh, this this week. Obviously, Suchek is is pretty pretty tall as well. So the assist potential for for Cresswell is high. But there's a few more as well, Andy, that that maybe you can just brush over quickly. Yeah. So. Um... Kufal's had, I think, a couple of assists this season. Um, so he plays on the other sort of side to, um, to although Cresswell's playing as a centre back, uh, as a left centre back. So Kufal's been playing kind of as a right wing back in the in the last four games. Um, and yeah, yeah, he's he's got a couple of assists. So, you know, his underlying numbers aren't quite as good as Cresswell. I think, if I remember rightly, um, is Cresswell's had like more created as many chances as as any other defender. I think this season. Or, uh, he, or he's in that he's in that sort of range, um, and certainly when it comes to sort of big big chances, I think it's, it's, it's as many credits as any. So so that's that's pretty good, co- considering he's um he's not actually one of the one of the fullbacks even either. So um, whereas Kuf, um, Kufal obviously go, go, does go down that right hand side there, um, and um, yeah, Masawaku is the is the left wing back for in, in that sort of West Ham three five two sister or three four one sister. Uh, th- Five four one, or if if you want to describe it as that system. So he and he's had um, plenty of uh, he's created this season as well. It's really clicking for them and working. So again, their 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 options. Um, Masawaku's stats are, have been a little bit better than 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 Kufal's, and I wouldn't necessarily jump to be getting either of those over the long term. Um, you know, I'd I'd want to see see it happen more regularly, and not 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 just as a flash in the pan, but. Um, uh, we, like you said, with Cresswell on set pieces, that's one you can perhaps trust a little bit more, though he's going to cost you a little bit more. So, yeah, I guess also actually probably worth mentioning clean sheet potential uh, for all all of those West Ham players. We, 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 we've we said it a couple of times now. Are, are West Ham good? Well, and particularly in defence, are they good? Because it's something they've, they, you know, they've been pretty leaky over recent years. But actually, you know, the, the stats would back that up. They've they've um, they've performed pretty well, um, you know, conceding. They're in the sort of top eight or so, I think, for goals conceded so uh, and they've played some their last few matches particularly uh, you know they've played uh, City they've played Tottenham um, they've got um, and they, they've still managed to do pretty well so clean sheet potential and attacking potential for those players yeah great stuff and and yeah like you say it's uh, it's very very strange for, for West Ham to be potentially good defensively but um, but yeah it's uh, it's nice to see and something that, that was unexpected at the start of the season so so yeah I don't think we would have thought that we'd be highlighting West Ham's defensive prospects uh, or defensive assets as FPL prospects this season but but here we are 2020 is pretty strange uh, let's take a quick break then and when we return we will do a stats versus eye test here at the FPL Lounge, we are keen to hear from you. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at FPL underscore lounge and let us know what you think. During the season, we will have new episodes out twice a week, a preview show on a Friday and a review show on a Tuesday. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your pods so that you get the show before the all-important game week deadline. Thanks for joining us in the FPL Lounge. Welcome back then. So in our last pod, we highlighted this goalkeeper as in our blankety blank section because he hadn't had a particularly good week. Uh, obviously being, you know, obviously blanking, not getting um, a, a clean sheet or, or many sort of save points um, and also being the highest owned goalkeeper in the game. But since then, we've had a look at some stats which sort of contradict the, the general thinking 
that, you know, having conceded seven goals in his last two, um, and he is the most transferred out keeper this week, that, that maybe um, things aren't quite as they seem with, with Martinez at Aston Villa. Yeah, so like you said, Chris, lots, lots of people have been transferring him out this week, and um, yeah, we 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 mentioned that um, he, yeah in the last in the in the re- review show seven goals conceded at home in in the last two games, so things not maybe not looking kind of great there. But I think we also kind of pointed to the fact that even in in that last game, the sort of expected goals conceded for, for Villa w- was was not very high. It was Southampton created 0.88 worth of 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 xg so to to score four goals from that is 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 almost unheard of i i i, I think i even mentioned in the last show that I, I hadn't done the calculations on it but i have now and uh as it would turn out there's a one in 80 chance of scoring four or more goals from an xg of 0.88 so that is you know ridiculously low uh sort of very unlucky there basically to concede that many goals in that game villa and also what goes alongside that xg is a 41 percent chance of keeping a clean sheet so so really you know if that if that game was played 10 times villa would keep a clean sheet in four of them and obviously Martinez would have been returning. So I think the underlying stats in, in for that particular game where they've conceded obviously like a lot of goals and Martinez has point towards the fact that they were a bit unlucky. But actually, more so than that, I think this is a stats VI test I'm, I'm really confident in this week. You know, sometimes a little bit more of a toss-up. But if you, if you look at an even bigger sort of sample size than just that one week, you know Aston Villa, who were again criticised a bit for their for their defence um, last season. Although some said it had, they thought it had improved sort of towards the end. Uh, th- this season, looking really good. Obviously, Tyron Mings has been getting in the England squad for his performances, and now they've got um, a keeper in Martinez. It seems to have really been shoring things things up because they're fourth over the course of the whole season in inspected goals conceded. Now. Obviously, Villa have only played six games compared to some teams who've played seven, but still, it, it signs that that's a really good, um, sort of strong uh, improvement in 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 the chances they've been they've been kind of conceding. So, yeah, good good signs I think from the underlying stats. I'm happy to kind of keep the faith. So, but do, well, okay, so let's play devil's advocate very quickly, and I'm not really interested in this that much because Martinez is in, is in my team and. For, for Villa to get back to, to to what we thought that they, they were, but you know we kind of you know we said that Villa have got some really good fixtures coming up a few weeks ago, and I think that's one of the reasons why um you know why at least I went for Martinez, and then, you know obviously we were looking at them defensively as well as uh, as their some of their attacking assets, your Grealishes, your Watkinses, and uh, and Barkley, um you know a lot of their Big, you know, their sample size over over the course of the season thus far, yeah, like you say, has been good. But their last two games not so great. So are we guess are we are, are we just almost kind of saying here that that their last two games haven't have been completely unusually odd, and therefore we don't really have much to worry about with their fixtures, or do we think potentially that that that, that defensively they are starting to to creak a little bit, and 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 earlier in the season was. Um, you know, was was a bit that was the anomaly rather than the last two games. I mean, it's interesting that that's almost yeah. We're gonna we'll have to wait and see, I suppose, on on that. Um, I, I mean, they did actually concede quite a as well as conceding three goals in the in the in the game before last to Leeds. They did actually concede quite a lot of xG in that. So they they deserved to concede the three goals essentially in in that game. Um, 
So, so, so maybe there's signs of, 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 of defense creaking there, but again, that's kind of only one game. And in the most recent one that they were just very unlucky. So I'd kind of look to like the larger sample size and say that I think over, so over the, over those six games, their total expected goals conceded is 7.5 over six games. So like one and a bit per game, you know, obviously you'd prefer it to be lower than that, but for 4.8 million, that's going to get you a reasonable number of clean sheets if that kind of continues. And they've played a couple of the, uh, at least one of the bigger teams, obviously played played Liverpool um, it, that's included in that. So given that their run of fixtures coming up next, um, if they've got a generally decent um, defence and aren't conceding many chances, particularly against those that teams aren't nearer the top, and they're playing a lot more of those sort of lower rated, if you like, on paper teams um, coming up over the next few weeks, then, then, I, I think that's reasonable enough evidence at Martinez's price to be happy to kind of stick with him. And I think we have said before as well, obviously, you know, the teams that do concede some, but not loads and loads of of, of, sh- of shots at least, or goals, you know, that likely is, if, likely it is if you've got a decent goalkeeper, then you'll at least pick up some save points. So, you know, when they do concede, like you, know, like you say, a 41% chance with a 0.88 XG of, of keeping a clean sheet, presumably conceding one, there's a fairly high chance of that but if you get some save points along the way then you're still going to be getting three maybe four points and and, and that's almost as good i guess as for a goalkeeper or at least you know that you can't perhaps expect a clean sheet every week and, and we've also highlighted um that you know the last few weeks may be a little bit different but but before, you know at the start of the season goals were flying in left right and center and, and and there weren't many clean sheets at all so so yeah i feel like he is still probably one of the uh, one, one of the stronger goalkeeping options, and, and perhaps you know to 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 coin a different segment, swimming against the tide. Perhaps I wouldn't be transferring um, Martinez out if if people are on mass. Let's have a quick chat about Captain C then. And we, I mean, last week there were so many options that I think we were tripping over ourselves to mention them all. It doesn't seem to be as many this week. Uh, so let's start with the very very obvious ones. Um, Kane and Son away to a West Brom side that lost their last game against Fulham. Yes, absolutely. So um, there were there was some talk about um, West Brom's defence having having kind of improved slightly, um, and with with the introduction of Ivanovic, and that and that might well be true. But look, I think uh, um, ultimately that 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 is uh, with with the form that Son and Kane have been in, that that seems definitely like your bet your best option this week. You mentioned earlier in the show, and we we you know. It, throughout really that obviously the fixtures um in this game week are not necessarily lending themselves to um some of the other big uh players that might be in your team so obviously liverpool versus city being being one example there um and yeah obviously you, you, any player in any given week particularly ones that are, are, are good like the expensive players for for liverpool or city um could could score but i think just it, it you know don't look back this week and think that if Salah scores a hat trick, you should have captained Salah, right? Because you can you can only make the decisions based on the information in front of you, and it seems that Kane or Son, whichever you've got, is is the way to go away at West Brom. So if you why you wouldn't have one of them, but if you don't have either of them, are there any other picks that we think might be worth exploring? I think. Maybe Jamie Vardy, home to Wolves, and I think possibly we've spoken about DCL as well, maybe. But I think I think any any pick there is probably more influenced by Man United's lack of defence than 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 Everton attacking. Um, although 
we do expect Hamas Rodriguez and Luca Dean to be back this week. So are those two viable? But but I guess even if they were, you'd still probably go what for one of Kane or Son, providing you own them. I I mean yeah, I think may, maybe. Um, to be honest. I, do I see DCL scoring this week? I mean, yes. Everton are at home. Okay, they haven't got Richarlison, but I just do not trust that Man United defence by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, unless they move back to the three at the back, which looked a lot more secure, and I don't know why they've moved away from it. But um, if, if United play four at the back again, I'd absolutely back Dominic Calvert-Lewin to score um, at, at home against them. So it, in that sense, it, it's an option. It's definitely an option. And if, you, if you're looking for, like you said, a little bit of a, of a different um, a different option there. Vardy, Vardy um, at home to Wolves. Mm, what, oh, both those, t- well, Vardy, you know, potentially could play in the, in the, Europa League Wolves have, have generally been okay um, inter- defensively um, this season so um, it's, it's a tricky one that one I mean Vardy's been in good form and obviously scored plenty of goals this season so that is again maybe it may be an option but it just seems like that um, if you're comparing that to the sort of Kane or Son playing playing away at West Brom again it, it just seems um, you know that Vardy's not been any in any better form than, than either of those players so um it just all points towards going for one of them. And then we've spoken obviously about City and Liverpool. And I think that, you know, like you say, Salah could score a hat-trick. But I guess if you've got him, you might be tempted to go to go that way. Mane as well. I don't feel as though we're going to go for many City assets this week. So probably not really worth mentioning them. Um, but I guess we better give one final quick quick mention to, to, to Chelsea assets because not only have we picked them up in, in our players on the radar section um, but also at home to Sheffield United who have you know struggles for goals and struggles for results this 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 season I guess if you own Chelsea assets or multiple it would be which one you'd be going with because even though they are even though we think the team is a bit more settled this week um, they kind of all have similar sort of potential yeah, I mean the uh, they're playing against Sheffield United um, at home. So, and you know, obviously Sheffield United have not created a, a great deal this season. They've had, um, you know, problems scoring goals, which have been highlighted a couple of times on on match of the day in the in the UK. And and obviously, just from anyone kind of watching them, you'll see the problems there. So that makes defensive Chelsea assets, particularly with their recent record of clean sheets, anyway, obviously a good option there. Uh, it is it's, it's 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 not often that you kind of suggest defensive options as as a captain, but I think if you're looking at someone like Chilwell or Zuma who could get a clean sheet and or an attacking um, assist, um, it, it, a return there, it's that that is a, a very sort of um, appealing prospect, yeah. With all those front players, we're again because we're a little bit unsure um, who might start exactly in which positions. We know we, we've got a little bit better idea of who won't start in, in sort of probably Pulisic and, and certainly Havertz. But any of those front ones, it, it, the returns could be from from Ziyech, they could be from Abraham, they could be from Mount. So uh, maybe Werner obviously as well. So it's a little bit trickier to, to say which would be the best, but certainly as a team more generally, that home fixture against Sheffield United def- gives them a chance of, of some returns, I think, yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah. So I guess you know, to, to, to sum up there, Kane or Son seems to be sort of our, where where we're likely to go this week. But but if you, know, if you don't own them or fancy a bit of a differential, I think we'd be more leaning towards towards Chelsea assets than, than any City or Liverpool. And then obviously, um, if you don't believe in Manchester United's defence to, to the extent that Andy doesn't, then, then, then let's not rule out uh, DCL, who has already shown his quality this year. 
Let's round off then, as we always do on our preview shows, with a little game we like to call Who the Heck is Stat? For those that don't know, each week Andy and I take it in turns to pick an FPL player. They must be uh, they must be owned by at least 5% of all FPL managers. And we have to guess who, who it is based on a series of clues. If we get it after the first clue, we win five points. After the second clue, we win four points and so on and so forth. And then we've recently sort of twisted twisted the game slightly um, to allow people to, to carry on playing along at home. So every time, you know, once, I've, once, once one of us has made a guess, um, after the next clue, we get the opportunity whether to stick or twist. And if we if we stick, or whenever we kind of mention that player first, if it's right, we get we get the points in the round that we mentioned them them first. But if we twist, then and then have to go back to a player later on, then then, then we only end up with with fewer points. I guess that's the best way of explaining it, Andy. I've probably butchered that somewhat, but but, but I mean, I mind. think I think I think we could do a better job. This isn't on you. We could do a better job of thinking of a, of a of a slick way to describe that. But let let's just play it, and people will see. Hopefully. Absolutely. So, so yeah, it's Andy picking for me this week. I currently lead a game in hand. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. I do indeed. So, um, so yeah, I guess, uh, I guess this is an opportunity for, for 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 me to maybe only pick up one or one one or, or no points in in theory. Um, a, a chance for for Andy's difficult clues to maybe close close the gap somewhat. Well, no, I mean. I'm 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 not gone as petty as to make it deliberately more more difficult, Chris. I've I've kept my usual uh my usual pattern, but um yeah, it's with with nine points in the last two games, you're certainly in form. A five and a four, um, outrageous really. But let's get crack and see how you do this time. So, clue number one is that it is this player's fourth season in FPL, and they started with their highest ever starting price. Sorry, so this season they started with their highest of starting price. Yes. Uh, okay, that uh, doesn't give me lots of things to go off. Fourth ever season. So that rules out most, I guess, Wolves players, Sheffield United players. I guess it could always be a signing. Um, 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 if it's their highest ever starting price, that means they probably had a, a good year last year. So... Hmm. Oh, do you know what? Right, I don't know why I've got this guy in my head, but I have. So let's go with. I'd I'd love it so much. Well, I guess I won't know if I get it, will I? Uh, let's go with Ben Chilwell. Okay, so as you say, with the with the twist of the game, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell you uh, either way now. So we'll, that's your that is your current guess, and we'll move on to clue two and see if you want to change it. Yeah. So the clue number two. Despite being the third highest scoring player for his team so far this season, he's only eighth in bonus points for his team. Mm. So there's so seven third... other players who've got more bonus points than him. That's interesting. Third highest, but th- he's the third highest point scorer for his team. Correct. That is interesting because I can see Chilwell being that true being that being true for the first clue there, but not for the second one. Feel like he would have got got more bonus points than like eight other Chelsea players. I can't think of seven more that will have got more bonus points than him. So I think I would probably twist here. It's who I twist for. Um, I guess a defender makes sense or a goalkeeper makes sense. 
Um, hmm. Yeah, I'm going. Uh, hmm. Oh, I don't know now. Do you know what? Yeah, okay. Let's let's I've just, again got this guy in my head. Then would you pick him if we've discussed him on the pod? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna twist. I'm gonna go with Martinez in goal for Villa. Okay. So clue number three. This player has played all but four minutes this season. Okay, well that rules out Chilwell because he was injured, and that def I think I would feel that rules out Martinez as well. It would back up the defender theory. Hmm. Third highest point scorer, but low in bonuses. All but four minutes. Okay, let's go with Aaron Cresswell. Okay, so you've twisted. I've twisted, you've gone yeah, yeah. Aaron Cresswell, okay. This player has returned in three games, but blanked in four games this season so far. So played all seven, which would obviously rule out 14s. I could see Cresswell getting... Uh, can, I, can I ask a clarification question? Whether a, 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 a blank... Sorry, whether a return includes a clean sheet? Returns do include clean sheets for defenders. I would okay. a return doesn't include. Yep. I wouldn't describe a return for uh, as a clean sheet for a midfielder. No, so for defenders and goalkeepers, uh, return would be a clean sheet. Yeah. So, ret- so returned in three, not returned in four. Correct. I can see. But is the highest scoring player for there? Um, third highest. Third, third highest. Third highest scoring player for their team. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I feel like, yeah, I don't, I know, yeah, don't know, don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with Cresswell. I don't think that's that's right, but I'm gonna stick with Cresswell. Okay. And the final clue is, this player has broken 200 points in each of the last two seasons. Would you like (laughs) to stick or twist? Right, okay, yeah, I don't think it's Aaron Cresswell. I mean, it broke 200 points. That's insane. Okay. So you need to put all the all the pieces together. Yeah, shall I, yeah. I'll read you them all again, shall I? This player's, It's this player's fourth season in FPL, and it's their highest ever starting price. Yeah. Third highest scoring player in bonus points. They've played all but four minutes this season, so ever-present. Returned in three, but blanked in four, so... Maybe a bit streaky, uh, but have broken 200 points in each of the last two seasons. That's which there isn't many people have done that. No, that's insane. I mean, let's try and think of who that who that would who that would be. Like Son, Kane, De Bruyne, Salah, Mane, Mane. Could it be Mane? I can see him being Liverpool's third highest point scorer. Behind who, though? Behind Salah and Jota? No, that seems insane. Also, didn't he have a, he had a game off, didn't he? So he hasn't started them all or hasn't only missed four minutes. 
Um, hmm. Rashford, 200 points feels a bit steep for him. Can't think of any defenders who that would apply to. Vardy? Missed more than four minutes though, hasn't he? Christ, I am just going going round and round in circles here. I'm gonna this is gonna be the first the first zero points haul, isn't it? I think in this game. You got the first five in one week and maybe the first I think you're gonna kick yourself I don't want to t- say any more, yeah, especially no. as you've done so well recently, but I think you are gonna maybe kick yourself because you're kinda of heading down some good thought paths there, but mm. um third highest for his team. But eighth in bonus. That's that's just. I think that, I don't feel like that's throwing me off. But I just can't think of many players who that would apply to. Um. Yeah, like Sterling get two hundred in the last two years, maybe. I mean, probably. But has he missed? Four, I, mean, I guess he probably hasn't missed many minutes this year. I just can't see him be. I can't try and think which other two City players would be ahead of him in points. I can't think of many. Yeah, you have been on this one for a couple of minutes now. Yeah, so. I know. Yeah, I can. I can feel all of the listeners dropping off. Um, right, I'm going to have to go with someone. Um, let's go with. Let's go with. Let's go with Raheem Sterling. Okay, so you've got inside your own head there a little bit, I think, because the previous clue was returned in three and blanked in four, and City have only had six games. You ruled you ruled oh, out yeah, the teams with only six games. So that's fair, yeah, I've got in my own head there. So, so that's, that's fair. Z- zero points. points, Chris. We've never had a zero before. I suppose that last clue is maybe not as easy as some of the last clues we've had before either. So, but like there isn't many players, and I think you might have mentioned possibly the only not mentioned the only one who hasn't. So can you think of anyone else who scored lots of goals in the Premier League? Like might have won a golden boot in the within the last two seasons, maybe even. What well, I haven't already mentioned. Yeah. Oh, Ings. Nope. No. Bit streaky, maybe returned in three, but blanked in four. Who won the golden boot. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just clearly can't think of this, this player. He won the Golden Boot, not last season, but the season before, and he shared it three ways, if that helps. No. I mean, obviously I will have heard of this player, but just just cannot think of who it's going to be at the minute. It is Arsenal captain Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Okay, yeah, fine, fine. That does make sense. I mean, naturally, all of the clues are correct. So it does make sense. I think, yeah, yeah okay, okay. I mean, I can't believe he's returned in three games. It doesn't feel like he has, but yeah. Fair, it's, fair. it's hard to explain to the listener a bit this really, isn't it? Because, and you'll, but you'll know this, Chris, when I'm saying this. When you're writing the clue, you do have that moment where you think, is this too easy? Is this too hard? And, and obviously after the event, like last week, last time I did this for you, you end up thinking, oh God, that first clue was way too easy. But I guess yeah. it was just because you'd been looking at, at Georgie, you'd happen to sort of yeah, see yeah, Jorginho. Yeah. Whereas this week I'm now looking at going, oh, was I, was I, have I overcompensated and, and been too harsh? But I think, I don't, when you, when I don't you... think so. Other, other than like the last clue, like you say, it probably isn't as easy as some of the final clues we've had. I think I, mm. it's just, you know, like you say, I've listed basically everyone but him. 
Mm. That's 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 on me. That's not on your clues. So, so yeah. However disappointing I I now am with myself, and I will spend the rest of the evening being very upset. Um, <laughs> well, it puts me right back in it now. I'm, it I'm does, yeah. ten at ten eight with the same number of played is is a much healthier looking position for me. So. Oh well, how 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 exciting, how exciting! Right, well, in that case, I guess we better we better leave it there before before yeah, I have a bit of a meltdown um meltdown on air, um but but pleasure to speak to you as always, Andy. If people do want to get in touch with us and tell me and or especially tell me specifically that they knew it was a Bamiyang after the first clue, how can they do that? Well, they can find us on Twitter or Instagram at FPL underscore lounge. Um, yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll we'll have this out as soon as possible now and, and people will be able to sort of tell us what they're doing with their teams before that for that four o'clock deadline. But but equally, if the deadline has gone, uh, you can still get in touch with us on there and we'll, we'll try to be over social. I mean, we've got nothing better to do these weekends now, have we? We're, we're locked down. So, um, yeah, let, let's try and be on social a bit, I guess, and, and interact with people if they want to let us know how they're getting on. Absolutely, plenty of football still to watch. Although you know, for some for some teams, uh, still got to pay fourteen ninety five for the privilege. Which you know now we are now we're in full lockdown and can't can't find you know the pub that's, that's paid that money. It does seem pretty pretty insane. But but no, no worries. Andy and I will be watching as much of it as as we can, and and we encourage you to as well and interact with us as Andy says on our socials. Equally, don't forget to uh, to rate, review, like, subscribe, and share on air wherever you get your podcasts from. Um, yes, yeah, we're on we're on them all, Andy. Right, Spotify, Google, Apple, Anchor. We're on the we're on the lot. The we're whole shebang. Yeah. So so yeah, please please do um do all that. It helps other other people reach reach us and, and see our pod. So we'd be very grateful. Um, but other than that, have a have a lovely weekend. Wish everyone luck with their FPL teams. And uh, and Andy, until Tuesday. Thanks for joining us in the FPL Lounge. <laughs>